0: Hello and welcome to Digiday Live, our podcast where we bring you the best sessions from our many summits around the world. I'm Aditi Sangul, and today I'm bringing you a session from the Digiday Brand Summit Europe. Here's Gerhard Lau. He's the head of International Media Management and Digital Transformation at Deutsche Telekom. He talks about how Europe's biggest telecom company is driving effectiveness, efficiency, and transparency as brands. Listen in. The Economist made a huge prediction last year. The world's most valuable resource is no longer oil, but data. Do you guys think we're there already? Mm. I don't think so either. But do you think this is this is where the journey's going, Seb? What do you think? Yeah, yeah I think so too. It's clear where the where the world is going, where the world of communications, of brands, of media is going, and I think we are on a rapid transit to the world where data is the most valuable resource. So that's happening on the one side, and it's happening quickly, but it's maybe happening a little bit in the background. I think something that's happening much more in the foreground that you guys know that work in communications is the di- digitization of media. It's quite a difficult word, but we use it all the time, so you have to practice digitization of media speeding ahead. I'm sure you talked a lot about that. The prediction is that all media channels will be digital or digitized, and all digital media will be traded automatically or programmatically in the future. So again, big statements like the economist's statement, and I think we're very much at the beginning again, but the journey is clear. The road ahead is very clear. So what does it mean for us as media people, for us as brands? The impact of data and digitization on media changes everything. I think consumer habits, we don't need to talk about it, you guys have seen the slides, you've seen the presentations, how consumers are changing their habits on a daily basis. Changes in media selling and buying, the way media is sold today compared to even five or ten years ago. Is completely different and that is driving the change. Changes in the media ecosystem. If we look at who the media vendors are, in five or ten years ago the biggest media vendor was the, loc- the biggest local TV station, right? So when the CEO or the CMO wanted to see the biggest vendor in the market, who's our biggest media owner in the market, he would bring the biggest TV station to the table. Who would you bring today? Google, right? Google is, for us and for most brands, the the biggest single vendor based on search but also on the other assets that Google have. And Google, Facebook, all these, Amazon, these kind of guys are changing the ecosystem completely. The people who sit at the table, the people who take our money, the people where we buy our impressions and our views from. So there's a new paradigm for advertisers. And I can talk about this for hours. I won't, because the changes are driving a new way of working, a new way that we need to work as advertisers, as media people. And that paradigm is control. Taking back control. That's my message today. We need to drive the change, and the change that we need to drive as advertisers is taking back control. And it's just not just me saying, saying it and Deutsche Telekom saying it. Other advertisers are saying it. I think you guys have all heard what Mark Pritchard from P&G is quite quite wild in his statements, and when one looks at it, what he's really saying is saying we need to take back control. David Weldon from the Royal Bank of Scotland, very vocal as well in our industry, is talking about the same, more thoughtful using our resources. Other big companies, AB, Envev, also the smaller ones like Duracell, are saying we need to do more ourselves. We need to Bring back that control. We work with some consultants, and you know, consultants always like to put up fancy charts. So I have two here for you. The first one is from IDComs, and they're talking about the states of media control. So again, the word control coming through. They're saying a, lo- a lot of marketers are going through some kind of a wave, of some kind of a development, some kind of evolution. And if I just look at my work at Deutsche Telekom over the last 10 years, we've gone through this wave. We actually, when I started there, pre-consolidation. Every country, every brand was working with a different agency, was working with different suppliers. We went through many, many discussions, talks, consolidation, ideas, pitches, pitches, pitches to try and get it together. Consolidation, working with the same suppliers across Europe or even across the globe. The same suppliers, the same standards, the same auditors, the same way of managing media. Post consolidation is a sort of phase where many brands are now. It's a sort of, where are we? We're a little bit confused. What's going on? The world is changing. Media, media is changing. The vendors are changing. We can't keep up. What do we do? For a lot of advertisers, and that's where we are as well, is in the fragmentation of scope. And I'll show you in our model how that looks like and what does that mean. It means more vendors, it means doing yourself more, and it also needs more control, right? In-housing, I think, in our industry, we always like to talk about in-housing. I think we're very far away from it. We as telco certainly are very far away from it. I think most companies are very far away from the idea of insourcing, literally insourcing the doing, talking about hands on keyboards, people doing stuff. That is what I call in-housing, and I think we're very far away from it. But who knows, maybe the journey is going in that direction. Another one of our consultants, Infectious Media, have a sort of more simpler view, uh, but more or less saying the same thing. They're saying, this is where we are now in 2018, lots of blue dots, dark blue dots. That means fully managed. What does it mean? It means outsourced, fully managed by someone else. My strategy, my planning, my buying is managed by someone else, mostly by my media agency few green dots, meaning hybrid, crazy people like Deutsche Telekom coming up with hybrid models, and very, very few are doing in-housing. Their prediction for the next three to five years is saying much more of the green and the light blue. Definitely a lot more of the green, a lot more hybrid models, so taking back control in some areas, taking back control of some specific scopes of work, and some will also go the in-housing route, for those that it really makes sense. And as I mentioned already, I believe that it will be the minority of advertisers who go for in-housing. But hybrid is going to be where the action is in the next five years. Of course, this kind of hybrid model means a lot of things to different people. So the model I'm going to show you from, from outside is not going to be your model, and it shouldn't be your model. Each advertiser needs to define his or her own model, depending on how the organization works. So on this continuum between in-housing and fully managed, you need to decide where are we and how do we want to work? What do we want to take more control of? What do we see strategic to our business and what do we see as commodity? I'm sorry to use that word, but what do we see as not core, let's call it non-core business that can be outsourced or that should be outsourced or could be done better by a partner? So each company needs to go through a journey, through an analysis phase to say, this is what we think we should be doing, and this is what we think we shouldn't be doing. So, enough of the theory, enough of the concept of hybrid models, let's look at the Deutsche Telekom Media Operating Model, called MOM for short. It's always good to have acronyms, and the telco industry, you definitely need a three-letter acronym that someone can remember, and MOM is it for us. So... A little bit about us, this is not a selling conference, I won't sell us too much, but one of the biggest um, companies in Europe certainly, and certainly the biggest telecommunications company in Europe, 73 billion euros revenue. We have 13 markets within Europe, we call them Natco's national companies, they have quite a lot of freedom, quite a lot of independence, and certainly from a brand perspective, uh, the most valuable telco brand in Europe, and always in the top 10. Uh, valuable brands in the world. We have a very clear definition from our leadership. Where does our CEO want us to go as media people, as communication people, as brand people? He's saying the raw material of this revolution. Our CEO is talking about revolution. He's talking about digitization. Not just digitization in media, but digital... Sorry, I said it's a difficult word. Digitization in business. And he's talking about the raw material of this revolution being data, and we're making the data usable. So how can we use the data? Back to the economist picture at the beginning. And we need to be more in control. So do more ourselves, control more ourselves. So we looked at that and said, yeah, yeah, that's it, we're going to do it, and this is how we're going to do it. So we started already in 2014, and we started with our technology. So. We were working with many, many different partners not just on on the service side but also on the technology side. So we came to the conclusion that we need to consolidate also the way we work with technology. So we came up with this idea of a digital blueprint. So we said we are working with, just if I use our biggest market in Europe, Germany, at the time they were working with more than seven different ad servers. You can imagine different departments working with different agencies that had different ad servers, different website tracking and analytics tools. Every agency was using the one they liked that they had good uh, deals with or good relationships with. So there was very much no consolidation on the tech side. So we said, guys, we need to change the way we manage our tech. Let's just start on that level. And the principles. We the principles are seem very easy. Yeah, 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 yeah. Easy. Tick, 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 tick. It's very difficult to implement because it's very complex if one dive into it. Full data access sounds easy, not easy. Full data ownership, the same. How do you make sure that you own the data that gets created by your ads? Strict safety and security rules. This is a German company. This is the EU. So this data sec- security and safety are hugely important and is taken very, very very seriously in our organization. So how to interpret that? Data lawyers running around. Data lawyers. I don't know if you have any of those in your company. Good luck. These are very intelligent people, but they don't want you to do too much with your data. So this is the framework we have to work in. And choosing and contracting the supplier that we want. So what does that mean? The contract with the tick vendor with the tech and data companies we hold, not the agency. So this means choosing partners, doing pitches, making sure that the partners also comply to our rules, our contracts, data processing, all that kind of stuff. So easy to say, not easy to do, but I'm very happy to say that we've built up this this tech platform, our digital blueprint over the years, so we have Contracts in place across all these tech elements: ad serving, website tracking analytics, DSP, programmatic media buying, and of course DMP, private and public, both uh, managing for um, managing our data in the data management platform. Of course, there are other elements as well, like dynamic creatives. So this was the first piece of control that we took, where we said, "This is not about hands on keyboards; it's about owning and." controlling, right? The hybrid model. We then went one step further last year. We said, okay, tick, sort it out, tick. Now, what are we going to do now? We want to take more control of the service delivery of the agents, agencies, service providers working on our business. So this is a very simplified version and it's not necessarily for sophisticated audiences like you, but in our organization there are not too many marketing people, it's mostly funny engineers running around in shorts and flip flops, so you need to explain it in a very simple way. So we say, okay, old approach, black box for advertisers. One supplier manages everything, right? Typically a media agency can see black, dark, bad, low advertiser control, low specialized service offering. Low commercial transparency. For some companies, that's fine. They're happy to work with one supplier, one agency that does everything. Um, that's, that's fine for them. Good luck. Our new operating model is a completely different one where we're saying we unpack this black box by combi- combining internal competency with multiple external specialists. So we took that black box, opened it, and divided it into different areas. We call them lots, So, think of a big parking garage with different parking spaces. Those are our lots. And what we decided to do is we decided to contract specialists, smaller suppliers as well as the big ones, to take over specific areas of the scope of work. So, if you think of the black box approach, you write down what your agency does, four or five pages, take that and break it into chunks, break it into blocks and say, This we're going to do with this supplier. That part we're going to give to a different supplier. And guess what? There's going to be a piece that you need to do yourself. You can't outsource everything in this hybrid model. There's stuff you need to control yourself. And that's that magenta part in the middle. We call it media strategy and steering. This is what we believe the heart is of what advertisers should do. And I'll show you a little bit more about that. Obviously, the promise of this model, more control. So I think I'm not going to go through this too much. Again, this is not for a sophisticated audience like you, but basically showing what the benefits are of this new model. We want to have more in-house control and ownership. That's what I've been talking about the whole time. Increased transparency. Um, We're not talking about it too much in this presentation, but that's a whole different discussion. Data-driven and fact-based decision-making. This is almost the, the hardest thing to sell. If you speak to a lot of advertisers out there, a lot of brands, they go, it's all about the art, it's all about the creativity. I, used to, I started my career out in an advertising agency. I know how these people work. I'm one of them. But it's not about saying, no more art. We're saying, how can we bring the data side into the art? The art plus the science. And this is what we're trying to do with this model. More fact-based decision-making, data-driven, decision-making. This is at the heart of this new model. And of course, we also needed to show cost efficiencies. Right? If you do a big change project like this, guess what? You have consultants involved, and you have finance involved. So you need to do the numbers. So lots of excels, lots of discussions, lots of numbers. And luckily, the model worked out in a good way to also show that this shows financial benefits for a big advertiser like us. So this is the model in short. Um, it's basically a process, so if, if I think uh, Seb once called it a bookend process. Basically, if you look at the A1 and A2 parts, it's basically the beginning and the end of the media process. So let's start from the far right, media analytics. Uh, I was talking to Daniela earlier. This is becoming the heart of what advertisers need to manage their investment. The analytics side, media mix modeling, multi-touch attribution modeling, A-B testing, the science part of what is happening and what is working, that is the core of the model. And it looks like it's the end of the process, but of course it feeds into the beginning of the process on the left-hand side, media strategy and steering. What is our media strategy going to look like for this campaign or for this year? What is the channel mix going to be? How are we going to divide our budget? How are we going to optimize? That is the strategy part. And then in the middle between the bookends is basically what we outsource, right? So this is what we give to partners that are good at what they do, and they execute the doing, the hands-on keyboard stuff, the real operational part. And we divide it into three lots, as we call it, scopes, if you want to use a different word. Campaign planning and buying, programmatic operations, including social media, and search engine advertising. So this was the model, and then we did many, many, many pitches. In our company, you can't just appoint a supplier because you like them and you had a nice lunch with them. doesn't work like that. You have to go through pitches. So look at this model and multiply e- each one with a pitch. This is how it worked. So you can see all the partners on the right hand side. These are the guys that we signed agreement with. We went through pitches with each of these. It took 16 months from the beginning to the end. And I can just recommend, don't do them parallel, which is what we did. Never do it again. Of course, it was a huge amount of work, but through that, we also got to know the suppliers, we got to know how to work together, and it was a very interesting process, and these are our partners with their logos indicated. So you can see on on the A1 far left magenta block, there's no logo. Guess why? That's what we need to do ourselves, right? So this is also part of the big change process to say, it's great to have lots of partners. Yeah, it's complicated to get them to work together. We need to have contracts in place with them, but we need to do stuff ourselves. So this model is being rolled out across our markets in Europe. Of course, we have different phases, and uh, um, this is happening subsequently. We're already in, uh, done with phase one, so all the implementation was done in fa- for phase one, and we're now on to phase two for next year. I'm going to finish off with this slide to say this is quite a complex model. It's a very challenging model. I'm really enjoying working on it, because it's really also taking me out of my comfort zone. And I think two of the major implementation challenges, I'm sure you can already guess what they are, is collaboration. For this model to work, you need people to work together. Easy to say. Come on, guys, sit around the table, three of you, work on something together. It's not so easy to do in a day-to-day operations. We have different legal entities, different personalities, different objectives. So this is and remains a big challenge for us to work together, the collaboration. So what we've done is we've defined collaboration. We have designed collaboration. We call it collaboration by design. We have defined the incentive, incentive systems of the suppliers based on this. We have defined how to work together. Processes, you know, 200-page PDF documents defining how processes work, who needs to work together. This is how you need to treat collaboration. And the other one is building the in-house competence. I mentioned this a few times. Media strategy and steering is something that we believe we need to do in-house. Easy to say, not easy to get. How do you get new resources? Sorry, can't do it. Business problems, business challenges, can't disappoint new people. How do you upskill the current people. These aren't things that happen within a day or a week. So um, I just wanted to end off with the key success drivers for our model. So firstly, I mentioned the CEO was very much behind it, so we needed the CEO mandate for transformation and change and more control. We did a lot of work looking at ourselves. I didn't go into it too much, but we did a lot of internal diagnostics before we came up with this model. I think aligning all the stakeholders, this is is logic stuff, right? You need to get everyone involved and everyone agreed behind the model. And collaboration is the founding principle of our media operating model. I think I'm very happy to say that our uh, model is very much recognized in the market as pioneering and radical. I think the first time it really caught the attention of our uh, C-level execs when The Wall Street Journal wrote about our model. Everyone's like, oh my word, if they write about this model, it must really be something. So I think that really sort of um, uh, created a lot of internal awareness, of course, through the media, and Digit here as well has also been very involved and writing about our model regularly. So that was my story. I hope you got a little bit of an idea of how we at Deutsche Telekom take more control of our media and the way we manage our advertising, where we spend our money, with our partners. Lastly, it's the end of November, so that's why I'm looking a little bit different. I think both Seb and Jess were a little bit shocked when they saw me. Um, And this is all hopefully for a good cause. I hope you all know about Movember. If you haven't heard of it, it stands for moustache and November. In Germany, for example, it's not known at all. So people look at me, Gerhard, what have you done? Um, And it's all about um, helping to create awareness for men dying too young. So if you don't know anything about it, look it up on the internet, Movember with M. Thank you very much and have a good conference. That's all for this episode. Thank you for listening. If you have any feedback, please write to me at adithi at or leave a review on iTunes or wherever you get your podcast. It will really help our podcast be discovered by other listeners. Can't wait to hear what you think. I'll be back soon with another episode.